Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. What's up, Packer fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Thanks for joining me today. Today, I'm going to be going over which Packers are on the hot seat in 2023 you're going to know a few of these names already, but we'll go through all of them. I have 10 in total with one bonus at the end. So let's jump in right away. Let's get started and let's talk about which Packers are on the hot seat in 2023. And you can't start this list without going over Joe Barry, right? Joe Barry is the ultimate person in the Packers organization that is firmly and securely on the hot seat this upcoming season. And I've mentioned this before, and I've talked about this before. When you invest so much in one area of the team and they don't perform, then there's one of two things. Either A, you invested in the wrong pieces and it's the investor who's at fault, or the person who is using all of those investments is not getting the most out of them and it's that person that's at fault. So is this a Brian Gutekinds thing where he's drafted the wrong players and put the wrong money in the wrong people? Or is this a Joe Barry thing where the defense is not performing up to task, even though they have all of these wonderful resources on defense? And of course, there's room for somewhere in the middle. And that's exactly the case. And I've talked about it already, but safety position, they don't have a true starting safety in my opinion. Yes, Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, Tavares Moore, some of these guys have some starting safety experience. Obviously, Savage does the last four seasons. To me, the way he played the last two years, that's not starting cap, you know, caliber safety play. Rudy Ford played fine, but that's more replacement level player. And maybe somebody jumps up, but right now that's that's an issue. Inside linebacker, Quay Walker did not play very well a season ago. Eric Stokes in his second season did not play very well a season ago. You know, there's multiple players on this team that need to reach a level and, and play much better than what they played last season. And part of that is the players, the evaluations, and part of that goes on Brian Gutekunst. And part of that is the coaching and getting the most out of those players. And I've talked about it as well, where I don't think that Brian Gutekunst and Joe Barry have done a good job of marrying talent, scheme, and concept. You have to have an idea as an organization of what the coach wants to run and getting the right players to run that defense. I think Brian Gutekunst has an idea of what type of players make up a good defense. 
And I don't think that those ne- those players necessarily fit perfectly in Joe Barry's defense. Other the, the other way to look at it is I think Joe Barry was given some really good players on defense and he hasn't adapted his scheme enough to make sure that his scheme is putting his players in the best possible positions to succeed. So something has to give. And it has to be so much better in 2023 than what it was in 2022. And that's not going to be easy. There's not a lot of new pieces here. Adrian Amos is gone. Tavarius Moore is in. Jonathan Owens is in. Like there's there's not a ton of change at, at you know outside of that. Like corners basically the same. Inside linebacker is basically the same. You get a Luke Van Ness at edge. Dean Lowry and Jerron Reed are gone. You got a couple you know guys you know a couple rookies in the third day in Wooden and, and Brooks that are coming in to to fill those spots, but. For the most part, this is the exact same talent pool on defense. And at some point, you're going to get Rashawn and Eric Stokes back. But both of those guys could miss some chunk of the season. You're going to go through injuries this year as well. So it's not going to be easy. This defense has to ta- tackle better. They have to figure out their identity. But that's going to take everyone working together. But that starts with Joe Barry. And if it doesn't look good, and with all those investments, and this is another bottom third of the league defense, it's probably see you later. Not probably. It is see you later, Joe Barry, and they're going to go in a different direction unequivocally if that ends up being the case. Number two might be somewhat controversial. I talked about this a little bit yesterday, but it's Jordan Love. And it may not seem that way, right? Like Jordan Love has just handed the reins to the team. They invested a first round pick plus additional draft capital to move up to get him. They've developed him for three seasons. They traded away Aaron Rodgers to make him the starter. They just gave him a new contract. So clearly Jordan loves the guy, right? Maybe. Like, I, I don't I don't think he has earned anything past that one-year contract at this point. And I think the reason that that is, I mean, the, the Packers would have probably given him a longer-term contract if he had. Right now, Jordan Love is on this year's contract, next year's contract, and that's it. And there's no guarantees beyond that point. If Jordan Love goes out and has a really bad season and this team goes three and 14, Green Bay will absolutely look at drafting a quarterback next year. And there, there ends, in all likelihood, the Jordan Love experience. In fact, if they did do that, you could make an argument that that rookie quarterback that they draft at the beginning of next year could be starting by week one next year. So while Jordan Love will in all likelihood be on the team next year, and while I expect really good things out of Jordan Love, and I think he is going to succeed, and I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback next year, if he does not perform well, and there are serious question marks after this season, if Jordan can be the guy moving forward, and if this is a team that did not perform up to expectations and ended up losing a lot of games, you can bet they're going to probably aggressively look at that quarterback position. So none of us want to even go down that path. Nobody wants to think about that at this point. Everyone wants to have the, the positivity and the, I don't know, overall feel that Jordan's going to be the long-term starter in Green Bay and, and you know be another great starter for another decade plus. And that's well within the realm of possibility and very well could happen. But at least it's worth noting that if he doesn't, and if things go very poorly for Jordan, like this, this he could get one year and, and be done. That's within the realm of possibility. So in, if you're in that situation, you're firmly on the hot seat. So he's going to be given some accident forgiveness as this season starts, and he is going to have the opportunity to work through some of those complications and errors and bumps in the road. But he also has to show growth over the course of the next couple of seasons, or I should say the, the course of this season. And if he doesn't, and if all of a sudden it just you know starts to fall off as the season goes along, that's going to be telling, and that's going to be something that Green Bay has to take into consideration as they look at the quarterback position moving forward. Number three on my list is AJ Dillon. He is an unrestricted free agent. And AJ, they wanted, and I think expected more out of him at this point than what they've gotten for an ROI on their second round draft pick. 
especially at the running back position. A second round pick on a running back is a pretty premium pick to spend on, on the running back position in this day and age. And I know we just saw two running backs get drafted in what, the top 10, 15 of the draft, whatever it was. But overall, you're still expecting a really good ROI when you draft a running back in round two. They haven't really gotten that from AJ Dillon. Now, part of that's not AJ's fault. He's not given many opportunities when you've got Aaron Jones in front of you. So there's only so much you can do with limited carries. But from an efficiency standpoint, I think Green Bay is still expecting him to do more with those opportunities. And if he doesn't, and if this is just sort of another ho-hum A.J. Dillon season like the last couple have been, you're probably looking at A.J. looking elsewhere in 2024 for work. So A.J. very much on the hot seat. On the flip side, if A.J. has a great season... And Aaron Jones, you know, we start to see some fall off from Aaron, or even if not, like Aaron could just be gone based on his contract next year. Like there's an opportunity there as well. If Dylan performs well, you could be looking at the starting running back for 2024. So I think it's a very interesting dynamic and it'll, you know, be worth keeping an eye on this, this season and uh, what happens with Dylan. But ultimately he needs to play better. He needs to step up and he needs to become a legitimate running threat. And if he can't, like I said, he's probably looking for work elsewhere in 2024. Number four, we can say almost the exact same stuff for, except not an unrestricted free agent coming up. And that's Josh Myers. Second round pick, has not lived up to expectations, looked okay as a rookie, looked bad last year for good stretches of the games. And he needs to become a consistent starting center. And I'm already going to be, you know, uh, a little bit perturbed if Josh Myers just handed the center spot and not given any competition, because I think there needs to be competition for that spot. But if he does not perform in regular season, whether there's competition or not, Green Bay is going to be looking elsewhere for centers. Like it just is what it is. Like you get those first few years to, to go out and prove yourself when you're a second round pick. But if you can't cut it, if you can't be up to snuff, then you got to look for something else. And I thought, and I've said, I think Josh Myers can potentially, you know, move to guard and maybe he's not thinking as much and maybe they give him an opportunity there if center doesn't work out. But either way, a huge season upcoming for Josh Myers. Really liked him coming out of college. Thought he had good experience at Ohio State. Thought he was going to be able to come in and be Green Bay's next good center. Didn't necessarily think he was going to be great or like a you know Pro Bowl, All Pro player, anything like that. But I thought he'd be a more than functional starting center for Green Bay. That was not the case last year. Hopefully he was just you know maybe going through some nagging injury or something, and maybe he's back to looking a little bit more, even like he did as a rookie. But if not. This is probably it for Josh Myers as your starting center in Green Bay, and they will very much look to go in a different direction as soon as this season, even whether it's a Zach Tom and Elton Jenkins or somebody else. I just don't think they're going to keep putting him out there if he can't keep performing or if he performed at the level that he did a season ago. Number five is John Running Jr. And some of the same things here, but more importantly, he's just an unrestricted free agent. So if Running wants to stay with Green Bay and wants to earn that long-term deal and really get that big paycheck and, and stay with the Packers, he's going to have to go out and prove it this year. And I like John Running Jr. I thought he had a really good 2021. I thought he came back down to earth a little bit in 2022. He's not the most like incredibly physically gifted guy in the world. He's not a mauler. He's not going to you know just beat you up at the line of scrimmage. He's not going to wear you down, but he's a good player. And more often than not, he's going to win his battles up front and he'll have a lapse here and there. And I think that's the frustrating part is it's usually not anything that like he's not getting beat because he doesn't have the talent. It's just like he goes through these lapses in games where he just like all of a sudden like forgets how to block. It's really maddening and frustrating because through the rest of the games, a lot of time he looks great. I want to see him look great through the, you know, through the course of an entire game, through the course of, a, the, of an entire season. And I want to see him take that step because I said this the other day. 
I think John Running Jr. can not only be a good guard, I think he can be a Pro Bowl caliber guard. And I think there's a jump there for him to make. And I really want to see him make it this year. Hopefully he gets just, you know, just gets to stick at right guard and not have to move around at all. And he's going to be the starting right guard and he can just stay there and he can just learn that position and own it. Cause I think that could help as well. I'm not switching from left to right or anything else. Just stick him at right guard, keep him there. And hopefully he can show in this last year of his rookie contract that he's worth the next contract. It can really be a really good starting guard for Green Bay moving forward. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Six is the same thing. Yash Nyman will be an unrestricted free agent after this year. And I've talked a lot about Yash in the past where I'm not quite as high on Yash as others. And I've talked to Mike Wall about this as well. Yash is a really good rotational tackle, meaning, or a swing tackle, if you will. Can play left tackle, can play right tackle, really great backup. If you need him to start in a pinch, he can go out there. You don't have to change your offense. He's a lower tier starting tackle if you you need him to start, but he can get the job done more often than not, which is still extremely valuable. But you're not winning because of Yash. You're winning with Josh. You're winning, like, you know, you have to cover up for some of the issues with Yash from time to time. And maybe he takes a step. He's still young enough. He's still, uh, you know, growing in the position. So that's well within the realm of possibility. But Yash over the past couple seasons is a really good swing tackle. I would say a not great starting tackle. If he does get the starting right tackle position, 
he's going to have to show that he can, you know, own it and be that starting right tackle for this season and not have issues and not need help and be that guy. And if he can show that, he's going to get paid, paid because now he's a starting caliber, legit right tackle in the NFL. He's going to get big money either from Green Bay or someone else. If not, he's still going to get a decent deal, probably even as a potential starter, but it's going to pay him much less because he's on that fringe between being a great backup swing tackle or a below average starting right tackle. So there's value there. I like Yash. He earned every ounce of everything so far from going from undrafted guy to legitimate borderline starting right tackle. That is not easy to do. And he's done the hard lifting to do that. So nothing but the utmost of respect for Yash. Really love it. Love the story. But this is where probably the rubber meets the road in Green Bay. If he shows out and shows that he's the future right tackle in Green Bay, he'll stay, he'll get paid, and that's going to be huge. If he can't, if it's kind of the same stuff we saw over the last couple seasons, Green Bay will probably do the thing where they say, "Hey, we're willing to pay you this if you can get it so, you know, if you can get better somewhere else, by all means go get it." And he'll probably get better somewhere else and end up a starting right tackle with another team. Number seven is Darnell Savage, which is almost like the opposite of what I've been talking about so far. Darnell Savage is so far on the hot seat already that it's more of like, can he actually figure out a way to just get off the hot seat? Like he's, in my opinion, Savage would be gone already had it not been for the guaranteed deal. I don't think they would have brought him back. I think he would have been on another team, but they couldn't get off the contract. I don't think anyone had any real interest in trading for him. And it just, they, they're stuck with a guaranteed contract that they can't do anything with anyway. So all right, bring him back, let him play safety and see if he can show out. Now, what Green Bay did do when they uh, restructured his contract to, to free up some salary cap space, usually when you do that, you're not able to then sign them to a contract extension prior to the start of next free agency. So he would become an unrestricted free agent next year. But the way that they structured his deal allowed them to still renegotiate a deal and extend him and sign him to a contract extension prior to unrestricted free agency next year. So they were pretty creative with how they did that. So now it's up to Savage to find a way off of the very hot seat already and actually find his way onto the team as a player that they want to keep moving forward. Clearly Green Bay wanted to keep that door open in some capacity, by making it so that they could sign him to an extension if he had a really great season. Now it's up to Darnell to earn that and to make it so that Green Bay even wants to offer him something. Because as of right now, I think his time in Green Bay is very much up after this year. I think he's going to go in a different direction. I think the Packers are going to go in a different direction. But hopefully he just balls out and Green Bay has interest in keeping him moving forward. I I really hope that Darnell has the breakout season that I think he's capable of. I'm just overly skeptical at this point that it can actually happen. Number eight, is a list of players. And it's Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, Aaron Jones, and David Bakhtiari. All of them are veterans on interesting contracts. I'll start with Bakhtiari because his is the simplest. Although I would also argue, I don't think he's on the hot seat per se because he's David freaking Bakhtiari. But Green Bay has a massive cap savings if they move on from Bakhtiari in 2024. If he plays out his entirety of his contract in, in 20 or the season in 2023 and plays extremely well, Green Bay probably gets some trade capital for him in 2024. And it probably isn't much because of his knee injury and the contract that he's on, but there is a real legitimate chance that they can get something in return for Bakhtiari. And I think they would very much consider that based on where his contract is and just you know starting to try to get fiscally responsible. Not on the hot seat per se as like a, they're like dying to get rid of the guy, but where his contract is at, I think there is a chance that this is his last year in Green Bay just based off of his contract. The other ones... Campbell, Smith, and Aaron Jones are more interesting. I think all three of those 
are more likely on the hot seat, whereas like Green Bay would maybe like to go in a different direction more than Bakhtiari and start getting fiscally responsible as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. But if you look at their contracts, they're going to be in another situation next year where with all three of those guys, it's basically the same price to keep them on the roster as it would be to cut them. So you could be looking at more restructures for those guys and all three could potentially be back just based on how their contracts are set up. So going to be very, very interesting. Campbell, Smith, Jones, Bakhtiari all could be playing their last year in Green Bay. You could see all four of them back next year, but I think a lot of that's going to be determined based on how they play this upcoming season. And if Green Bay just says, you know what, we're going to bite the bullet. We're going to take the financial burden now so that we can be more ready to go in 2025 and actually have some free agent money to spend and not keep having to borrow from future caps over and over and over. So I think all of them are in some capacity on that hot seat. It's just a little bit different than the other players that we've talked about so far and more contract-based than anything else. Number nine is Razul Douglas, kind of in the same vein of the players that we just talked about, but a little bit different. He's not obviously one of those core players. He also has actual savings if Green Bay wants to go in a different direction with you know Razul Douglas. He's getting a little bit more up there in age. I know they just got him and it feels like he's still new to the team, but you know he had those multiple seasons where he was trying to find his way in the NFL already. So this is a player that probably is in his last year with Green Bay, unless he goes out and has a massive season, which he's shown he can do just a couple seasons ago. If he does that, Green Bay probably keeps him around. If not, Green Bay probably goes in another direction. And last but not least, well, I have one bonus one after, but last but not least on my 10 is Josiah DeGuara, unrestricted free agent, third round pick, this is probably it, right? This is his last chance to go out and show that he can be a legitimate, you know, I don't even know if I want to say weapon, but like a little bit of the cliche chess piece in Matt LaFleur's offense. Can he be that H-back fullback tight end? Does Jordan Love have that better rapport with him and use him a little bit more than Aaron did? If not, if this is the same thing, 150 snaps of nondescript football, you probably just move on, go in a different direction and use that 53-man roster spot on somebody else. So probably Josiah DeGuara's last opportunity as well. And then last but not least, my bonus hot seat is for the organization as a whole. And that might seem a little bit vague or maybe even harsh or maybe stupid. That's fine. But for the first time in a long time, at least as we know, they don't have that Hall of Fame quarterback, right? And when that happens, pressure can start to heat up a little bit when things don't go according to plan. If all of a sudden this season is a 4-13, and 3-14 season, something like that, like everything changes. And it's like, all right, you traded away Aaron. Like some of the rookies maybe didn't develop. Jordan wasn't as good as expected. And now the pressure from outside to inside heats up immensely. Now there's no Aaron to save you. Now you maybe need to go in a different direction with a new quarterback. And now the expectations of like, you better turn this around quickly or we're going to be looking for a different GM, head coach, et cetera, starts turning up the heat there. I'm... I'm not hoping for anything like that, obviously. That should go without saying. I want this team to do well. I think they're going to do very well this upcoming season. I really like Brian. I really like Matt. I think they're two very smart football minds. I think Brian and Matt are both going to get this figured out. I think, like I said, this is going to be a better season than a lot of people think. But this will be a time now, especially coming off a losing season last year, especially not being able to progress you know, past the NFC Championship game in three seasons where they won 13 games in all of those seasons. The the questions will start to get there. If this is a bad, bad season, all of a sudden the whole organization from Mark Murphy to Russ Ball to Brian Gutekinds to Matt LaFleur to Jordan Love to many others on this roster, the pressure is going to heat up significantly. So I don't think the organization is near that place right now, but 
with a really bad 2023, if that were to happen, everything becomes much different for the upcoming offseason and 2024 as they go through a probably much more aggressive rebuild and go in a different direction if 2023 didn't go according to plan and some of these younger players didn't progress as expected. So I don't think it's there yet. And that's why I didn't have it on my list of 10. But I do think that there is something to the fact that this organization's in a little bit of a different spot now. And it's going to be very interesting to see how they handle everything. So my official hot seat list, Joe Barry, Jordan Love, A.J. Dillon, Josh Myers, John Runyon Jr., Yash Nyman, Darnell Savage, Devondre Campbell, Preston Smith, Aaron Jones, David Bakhtiari, the veteran group based on their contracts, Razul Douglas, Josiah DeGuara, and in a way, the organization as a whole. That's going to do it for me today. Thank you so much for joining me. Always appreciate you. I'll be right back here tomorrow, fresh off of my trip from Italy. If you didn't recognize, the last nine episodes, including today's, were all recorded like in a 24-hour setting. I mentioned that on Twitter for those of you who follow me on Twitter. So today is the last episode that I recorded of a nine recording session in a less than 24 hour period. So I hope you enjoyed all of these. I didn't want to, you know, not post stuff or, you know, constantly get substitutes while I'm out or things like that, even though I've got an amazing team who's more than capable of filling in. I wanted to keep this going. I wanted to put episodes out for you guys every day. So the past nine days have all been episodes that I've recorded in advance. So if anything crazy happened in the last nine days, that's why you didn't hear about it here on the podcast. Uh, But I will be back tomorrow with a live break down uh, of OTAs. That is my goal and hope. So I will see you guys then. Until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. 